welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, episode 60. Uh, that's right, this is our 60th episode. Before you know it, we're going to be knocking on triple digits. Um, I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Luke Galves. What's up, Luke? Hey, man, uh, doing pretty good. Ready to get my take at uh, the opposite side of this draft and see how we go from there. See if we differ yeah, in a lot of picks and uh, how that one will go. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting because the last the last time we did this, the um, the uh, lottery had just been revealed. Um, so we finally had the team set in stone as far as the order. But since then, we've had a lot of news come out. We've had a lot of combine work. Um, I think a lot of players have moved around on both of our boards. So it'll be really interesting to see, you know, what we come up with, not only with just, you know, you taking odds, me taking evens, but also just, you know, the news that's come out and everything else. Um, and then I uh, just want to mention to our listeners, we are going to be breaking down the finals sweep tomorrow night uh, at 9 o'clock, uh, as well as a bunch of other uh, news that's happening, uh, some some news leading up to free agency and some news uh, leading into the draft, so be sure to tune in tomorrow at 9 o'clock for that. But without further ado, let's get into this draft. So up for the first overall pick is the Phoenix Suns. I know you've been steadfast in Doncic. Uh, you know, DeAndre Ayton, pretty, he, he's pretty confident he's going to go number one. Uh, have you changed your mind on that, or are you still going with Luka? Oh, no, DeAndre Ayton convinced me completely. I mean, he said it and he's not working out for any team. He knows he's the number one pick. I actually like the pairing in the end with him and Booker. Yeah, defensively, they're just going to be just really bad. But get the other players to, you know, they got Jackson to play defense and all that. So you'll get the other pieces later on to help uh, fill those holes. But, yeah, DeAndre Ayton definitely going number one. He's convinced me. He's, a fiend. he's from Arizona. Everything makes sense. Why not get the hometown boy? and just start building around those two. And then, I mean, rumors are they could go after a point guard later on, so we'll see what they do there. Indeed. Uh, I like how you say DeAndre Jordan or Jordan DeAndre Aiden convinced you. When I've been trying to convince you, like, for a freaking six weeks, um, <laughs> at every turn I've been trying to convince you of this. Um, but uh, I guess if DeAndre Aiden was able to do it, at least – at least he got you around to my side on this one. Uh, but, no, I, I completely agree. I just think the fit is there. Um, of course, there's there was, you know, the story that um, Booker and um, and uh, Jackson were both, like, really impressed with his workout uh, with the Suns. Uh, and they were um, – I'm not sure if it ended up happening, but there was talk about them trying to um, – essentially, like, make time to hang out with DeAndre Ayton, um, maybe watch a finals game with him. Um, so, like, it seems like there's already a relationship there uh, between those three guys who would be your your sort of hopefully, like, future big three if Jackson continues to develop and Ayton um, turns out to be the stud that we all think he's going to be. Um, I do agree with you. There's a lot of questions defensively. But Ayton has the tools. Like, he has – the ability to to be a good defender, he just hasn't done that yet. Um, so I think if you put him in the right situation and you challenge him, uh, I think he could definitely become that. He could become, 
you know, I think he could become a reasonably good defender. I don't think he'll ever be like a Rudy Gobert or even Joel Embiid. Um, but I think he could be, you know, um, so, somewhere shy, just shy of that. Um, like, I think he could be, uh, project to be, like, maybe like a, a little better than Carl Anthony Towns has been thus far, you know. Um, that's about where I would have him. Um, but his his offensive skill set, it just it just balances out so much. I mean, he's just he's he's got all the tools. So yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, so number two, uh, Sacramento Kings. Man, they don't need a, a two guard. Um, but I'm just not I'm not passing up on getting Luka Doncic if I'm them. The only way that I would pass up Luka Doncic if I'm the Kings is if essentially his agent said, I'm not coming to play if you draft me. Like, I'll stay overseas. Because the Kings obviously don't own their pick in 2019, um, so they can't really afford – like, it doesn't help them if he doesn't come over. It only hurts them. Uh, it has absolutely no benefit for them. Say a team like the Hawks or like the Mavericks, um, you know, if he tried to say he wasn't going to come over, like – it's not the end of the world. Like if he wanted to wait one more year, you, you're just you're helping yourself get a better, an, like another good draft pick next season, probably a better one than if you had him. Um, but the Kings don't have that luxury. Uh, the Grizzlies uh, don't really have that luxury. So yeah, so I'm definitely gonna go with Luka Doncic if and only if he is going to come over and play immediately. I think he's the best player available. Um, obviously, the Kings kind of have a history of, you know, having having like really, really so- solid EuroLeague guys, uh, whether it be Peja Stojakovic, Hidu Turgulu, uh, more recently with Bogdan Bogdanovic. They they have a history there. Um, so I think I think he could definitely work out in that system. And I think you just work out the fit later. Um, I'm not, you know, Buddy Heald, transitioned into a six man Darren Fox has didn't not ever wow me um so you know I'm just going to take Luca and figure out what how we make the fit work later I mean I understand the pick completely I mean Luca in a lot of people's minds is the one and two between him and Aiton this whole time I mean like you said I finally got convinced of it but for Sacramento sakes I just I I wouldn't do it necessarily I understand he's the best player available but there's also another one that's that could be right there especially working out too I mean Luca I don't think he's gonna be able to work out the team so you're not going to be able to see how him and Fox really mesh it well and I wouldn't want to do that to Fox right now I mean both of them need the ball I mean Luca can definitely play off of it a lot but they're gonna you're gonna hurt one One's uh, like progression, and also too, like you're saying, what if he doesn't want to come over here? I mean, Sacramento too already knows they got a young point guard. My mind, I, I mean, I I chose him last time because I kind of wanted to see if you chose Luca for the Hawks and all that, but I would stick with it as Bagley. I mean, yeah, he's got a lot of question marks defensively. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of flags there, but him and Wendell Carter, I think, will show a lot more once they're not together. And Bagley is just so springy. And if I could have him and Fox just flying up the court together, I am just satisfied with that to see. And then 
you can fit who else later. I mean, Buddy Heald, no matter what, I feel like he's going to be a six-man, so the whole he could fit. But I just I feel like Bagley right now, and I feel like his workout probably with this team, him and Fox just probably went in and just had just showed what they're capable of. I mean, ba- Bagley had a great year. He's like one of the only freshmen in a, in a while to get, uh, average 21 points and 11 rebounds or plus rebounds. So, I mean, he's re- – there's a lot of upside, but there's a lot of defensive and a lot of negatively bad side. But I understand where you go with Luca. I mean, he's he's pretty much the one A or one B right now. He just was MVP. But in my mind, I would just go that way. Yeah, I and I understand that too. And like, I'm crossing my fingers that you're right. <laughs> like, because um, you know I've been on the Luca train, uh, much to the chagrin of a lot of my um, a lot of my uh, buddies uh, who are also Hawks fans. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're just not sold on, on a European prospect, which, you know, I mean, I, there's a stigma. Uh, we can't pretend there's not a stigma when it comes to, um, you know, very, very hyped up European prospects. But I mean, I think all signs point to this guy being, being just, just heads and tails above, uh, you know, the guys that came before him, uh, like 99% of the guys that came before him, um, but uh, but yeah no I get where you're coming from and I would love it if if they took Bagley leaving us Doncic or even if we wanted to go with uh, some somebody who's more homegrown um, as much as that would irk me it would mean at least we're not getting Bagley who <laughs> I have been very vocal about not wanting Bagley um, I don't think he pairs well with Collins um, I think there's other other better fits out there um, so uh, so yeah but anyway uh, number three uh, Hawks who you got. Number three, and if both of them were on the board, and I hate to do that to you, if Luca was there, I wouldn't choose him. I've already read that the Hawks are not going to be able to work him out. So the Hawks don't even know what he's going to be like in this system. So they haven't even got that. So I just crossed him out when I read that. That means that the stick with the homegrown is a center, is a very good year for some young centers. And I'm going with a guy that right now I could be just riding the hot trade or something, but Muhammad Bamba, man. I'm just yeah. There's something about him. Jaron Jackson Jr. Don't get me wrong, has a lot of tangibles and all that, and he he can be really good. His dad played in the league. Don't get me wrong, and he'd be a great fit here. But there's a lot of things that kind of scare me away from him. His rebounding already, he's not that good defensive rebounding. I've seen him lose a lot of uh get like just beat by a lot of smaller guys off the offensive board on him when he was on the defensive end. And just a lot of that, Collins is already a bad defender. I mean, I mean rebounder. So you'd already have that kind of. But Muhammad yeah, Bamba is not really a, a bad rebounder, up. man. I mean, but he's just not known. I mean, they're he's just, not an just, elite rebounder but, by any means. Yeah, I think he averages like seven Bamba, rebounds a game in yeah, limited I, minutes. You know, that's not bad. Not bad, but I'm just trying to say I'm trying to get another guy that's going to do one thing that's going to help Collins out with defensively, and that's Muhammad Bamba. Sure. Face him from what it looks like now from where he's training. I mean, he's got a great trainer that he's been training with right out of Texas. I like that. Same trainer, Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid. I mean, he's helped both of their shots. Definitely look like he's improved shot. I just think, too, that the Hawks, they can get a Jaron Jackson. And don't get me wrong, I love this next guy I'm about to compare to. They've already got a number three one time. That was Jaron Jackson. That was Al Horford. Al Horford brought him to the playoffs every year. And he was great for you guys, but I think like just Muhammad Bamba, what he has right now, you just don't skip up, skip it. So it's almost like 
Joel Embiid. I mean, he's nowhere close to it, but he's just almost like that year that, like, all those other teams are going to be like, dang, we passed on him because we didn't know what, what he was capable of. I mean, this kid, since he's really came onto the scene a couple of years ago, he's put 30 pounds in weight. He's got a lot bigger. His shot's a lot better. He can finally space the floor. I think he understands. I think he is the, out of all the kids right now, the most ready pro as being able to speak with the media is very well-spoken. There's just yeah. a lot about this kid. I think the Hawks can just definitely go with them, with the current team, build around with them. I think him and John Collins would be a beautiful pair right there. And he's just, his wingspan is just crazy. I mean, if he measures out to be a Rudy Gay, I mean, I mean, Rudy Gobert, I mean, that's a great person to be compared with measurables. I mean, he's about to win defensive player of the year. So there's a lot about this kid. I just, I think that right now, the Hawks would probably go with that name. Yeah, and the fact that he's been working on on improving his game already, um, you know, he he got into you know doing all of the the regiments and workouts earlier than most, um, working on improving his his range, um, you know, just just trying to evolve his game. Like you said, the guy is super smart. He speaks multiple languages. Um, he he, I, I like. His his poise and posture as well, um, the way he carries himself, the way he talks about things. Um, like I said, I mean he he's obviously really smart, but he's not. He doesn't come across as somebody who's like you know uh, going to overthink things. He he certainly seems like he he carries himself with a lot of confidence, um, but not cockiness, which is also a good thing. Um, and, and, but I I can say the same about Jaron Jackson too. Um, I like the way that Jaron Jackson carries himself. There's a lot of similarities between these two players. Um, and, you know, maybe two weeks to a month ago, you know, I would have said, oh, you can't. you got to take Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, but after his combine and after, you know, seeing seeing his dedication to working out his game and just the fact that, you know, that foot 7'10 wingspan, um, I'm warming up to the idea of Mo Bamba. I, to me, it's – it's almost like, uh, obviously, I still have Luca number one, Aiden number two, but it's like Bamba and Jackson right now for me are like three A and three B. Um, it's really, really hard for me to to pick, you know, between them. Uh, I really like Jackson's numbers, but his shot is a little. Um, it, it, I don't mind his shot because it goes in, uh, but like he. he he shoots it from such a low trajectory. It's going to be interesting to see if, if he doesn't have to change that uh, once he's in the NBA and dealing with more elite defenders who can close out on him a lot faster than some of those guys in college. Um, so, yeah, I think all of that will be interesting. They both have a, a lot of defensive upside, um, and they both have a lot of offensive question marks. Uh, so I, I think they're both very similar. Um I have pretty much talked myself into I will be happy with either pick. Um, and I also think the way Bamba's stock is going, um, two things. One, I, I wouldn't be shocked at this point if the Kings take him at number two. Uh, and two – I was going to um, say the same thing right there. Yeah, like I almost took him at number two. I just – I just couldn't pass up Luca if if he's going to come play. Like if the Kings know he's going to come play, um, I I just don't see them passing up on him. Uh, but um, if if he doesn't, I think 
I think Bamba will probably be uh, the number two overall pick, mainly because, you know, I, I feel like Bagley's just got all of those defensive question marks. Uh, and, you know, you, you, I, I, I feel like a, a lot of that is effort, but some of the, a, a, a large portion of that is just instinct and, like, awareness. And, and those things are a lot harder to coach and to teach. Um, it, it's easier to teach a kid how to shoot a ball um, and, and, and how to make, you know, um, uh, a cut to the basket than it is to teach where you need to be positionally for defense. I mean, there's a reason why you and I both – uh, admire Al Horford's game so much because he's always in the right place. And that's something that's really, really hard to teach. Um, and, and that's a big concern for me with Bagley. So I think Bamba, um, I, I think he is that kind of notch uh, above as far as a prospect. Now, whether that will translate in, it, you know, into player is a crapshoot. Nobody really knows. Um, but I think, I, think the biggest, I think the biggest thing, the biggest reason why every team out there should be um, scouting Bamba, even the Phoenix Suns should be looking at Muhammad Bamba for the number one pick, um, is because Boston Celtics are so clearly interested in him. And if Danny Ainge is, is, is interested in, uh, you know, a guy so much so that he wants to trade up to try and get him, uh, everybody, every other team in the league should be looking at that same guy. Uh, that's just, I mean, it, if you haven't learned from, uh, the Jason Tatum trade uh, of last year and the other various moves that they've made in recent years, uh, then you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Um, but anyway, before we move on to number four, did you have anything else to add? I don't know. I mean, I agree with everything you said right there. I think to just the whole scare factor of like what Muhammad Obama can be, you just don't want to take the pass up on it. I mean, I have him at three and look at Drew Hamill their their trainer, the last three pe- people that were picked at three were Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, and it could be him. And they've turned out to pretty much right now be the best players of their draft. I mean, there's still time for this next this whole year to progress, but we'll see. Yeah, definitely. And and you know what? I think too. I think I think Bamba has the potential to be the best player in this draft. I think Jaron Jackson has probably a slightly higher four. Um, but I think Barmba's ceiling is higher. I don't see Jaron Jackson as having the potential to be the best player in the draft. Um, now, I know there's there's a couple of people out there who do. I know Jonathan Sharks of the Ringer um, is really high on him, and he thinks he's actually going to be the best big in the draft. Um, I, but I don't know, man. Bamba's really impressing me lately. Um, I think the biggest thing with Bamba is just going to be um, – as he develops as a player, you know, can he, can his foot speed and everything uh, stay on that course of, of where he is right now? Um, and can he keep up with the guards? Uh, so far it looks good. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully he'll be able to, to kind of maintain that. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that all pans out, but that obviously will be several years down the road. Um, all right, so Memphis uh, would be next. Uh, I'm going to take Marvin Bagley. Um, I think he makes a lot of sense. Uh, you, I, I, I've kind of – I feel like I probably would go MPJ um, if there wasn't the back issues, the back concerns. Um, but obviously it's impossible to really know that. 
I don't want to risk that at number four. I want to take somebody who um, at least, you know, is healthy. And, you know, when you look at who they have and the positions that they, you know, would probably need, I think Marvin Bagley makes the most sense. Um, I, I just don't see Jaron Jackson as a power forward in the league. I see him as a center. Um, Marvin Bagley I do see as a power forward. So I, I think you, you plug him in it next to uh, Mark Gasol and Mike Connolly. Um, and, you know, the fact that Gasol is, is a really solid defender, maybe he could teach Bagley some stuff along the way. Um, and, and, you know, that could be good for him. And, of course, I mean, you also have um, uh, what's his name signed for one more year? Jermichael Green. Um, so that gives you a little bit of leeway to, to be able to work Bagley in uh, throughout the course of the season, uh, which, you know, could help him as far as not having to play huge starter minutes right away, um, kind of work him in like, you know, the Hawks like to do. Uh, they did with Torian Prince and, of course, John Collins. Um, but, no, I, I think Bagley would actually be a good fit for the Grizzlies, and I think that's who uh, I would have them take it for. What do you think? I know I love this pick. I feel like if I'm Memphis, I'm happy with this pick as well. I want Bagley. I was hoping Sacramento would go another way to let Bagley fall to me because I didn't trade Marcus Hall or Conley. So I'm definitely not trying to tank from what it sounds like. So, you know, I have somewhat of a team there. So I think he fits perfectly. He definitely, all of his deficiencies are going to be hidden a little bit just because Gasol's just a good defender like that. So that'll help him out big time. He'll be able to fly up the, the court and be able to run and just get lobs and all that. So will help Conley. I think he's a great matchup there. I did read, however, that um, Michael Porter Jr.'s pro day looked really good. And, a lot of question marks were kind of like taken away and a lot of people were kind of like, now they want to see when you have your individual workouts is his actual medical, but a lot of people said he looked really good at his pro day. He just had it. So that's why also I can see, like you said, Memphis looking at both of them. There's a couple of people, but those two people in this draft, I feel like fit them right now if they didn't want to blow it all up to help them out. But Bagley is, it has Right now, the the chance to be one of the best players in this draft, but he just really has to commit the time to learn a part of this game that he's just never been really good at. But I like him yeah. for Memphis completely. I think it would help him tremendously to learn from a good center like that, defensive center, definitely have him for like two or three years to lean on. And then once it's finally my team and be like, okay, I know what to do now. My instinct's a little bit better. I, I just, it'll help him out a lot that way. Now, it's not going to space the floor, so it'll kind of be like almost a log jam like it was for Duke, but it would be a better pairing because Gasol's just a better defender and all that. But Bagley yeah, can Gasol just definitely can get you. Floor. Yeah, and Bagley can just get you points and buckets, man. He's really good at getting offensive rebounds. That's a lot of yeah upside about him. He is springy on that board, man. He will be relentless to get that ball right when it's like he has a chance to get it, just either a little tip in, a little grab back, shoot it. Like he, he just always after the ball on the offensive, and that's really good to have a player. So I feel like Memphis just hit a home run right there. They're kind of looking at because they're also losing their pick in some foreseeable future. So they don't, they don't really need to necessarily tank anymore either because they didn't trade. So. 
feel like Memphis would be a, a somewhat decent coming like a team with him for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, all right, moving on. Dallas, number five, who you got? So Dallas, I'm I'm just trying to get one of these bigs. I'm just like, please, just one of these centers, true centers fall to me. Bagley wouldn't work. Maybe if, if I was just left with it, I would go for Michael Porter Jr. and swing for it. But I'm just going to go with the safe bet, Darren Jackson Jr. Um, I agree. I have Dirk for one more year. So now I'm going to get a kid that's really projected really well at just the whole defensive side of the ball. He's learning how to space it. You don't really need him to space it too with Dirk, but you could definitely – if. Dirk's not going to play as much minutes next year, so he can also play the center. That's also kind of a thing about Jaron Jackson. I know you said you didn't. You see him projected as a true center, but I kind of see him almost like a Al Horford. I mean, Al is a true power forward, but they both can play the interchange between the two positions, and they're very sure. like de- defensively instinctive, good to do those switches. So I feel like even if uh, whatever they do with the Nightmare of Nerlens Noel. They could play him out there if they wanted with Jackson at the power four, you know, do some. They could do a lot of things with Jackson. He would really help their team. I mean, yeah, it's not one of the big names that, like, Dallas fans are probably going to come out of, but really it's a solid name. His dad played in the league, comes from a professional. He knows the whole professional background. He's super young compared to the rest of them, so he's still learning the whole game coming into his body. So I'm just trying to get a, one of these true centers, and I'm, I'm walking out with Jaron Jackson to help run the run the floors later on in the future with my team. Yeah, and, and if you think about it, you, you have uh, a good, a really, really good young point guard. Um, you know, kind of the next thing you, you would want is either a wing, but you do already have Harrison Barnes. Um, now, granted, Barnes is, is a little bit older, um, but, you know, I mean, he's still, he's still pretty young, and he's like 25 years old. Um, so, uh, you know, he's still relatively young. You know, you, you probably want to add a big into that equation. So you got a good, a really good young point guard, a reasonably young, solid wing, and then a really young, you know, big. Uh, you know, that's kind of your 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 recipe, your foundation to success. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think Jackson makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, like we said earlier, he spreads the floor. He's really solid defensively. Um you know, he's I, – I, I agree with you. I think they, they want a big uh, – unless, by chance, Luka Doncic falls to them, um, I think Cuban would be all over that. Uh, but other than that, um, you know, and, and they really need – like, there are some teams who have a little more leeway as far as um, – as far as taking taking a chance uh, on on a guy like Michael Porter Jr., I don't really feel like Dallas is that. Um, that I mean, let's face it, Nowitzki is done. Like he's gonna, probably going to play. I, I, he's going to play one more season, um, but that's probably going to be it. Uh, I mean, he's not he's not an effective NBA player anymore. Um, and you know, they need somebody who has got a, a, a reasonably high floor. They they can't afford for this pick not to pan out. Um, and I think Jackson um, has that, and I think he will be, like, a perfect fit there. Um, all right, Orlando Magic, uh, they need a point guard. Trey Young uh, has huge upside, just, just immense potential. Uh, probably going to put some butts in the seats. Uh, you know, everybody kind of, you know, 
essentially compares him to Steph Curry because he's got a lot of similarities to Steph Curry when Curry was playing at Davidson. Um, his usage rate was incredibly high uh, in Oklahoma, which you know already proves that he can um, essentially carry a huge workload. And so it'll be interesting to see how he transitions into the NBA um, and essentially, you know, how he is able to function with actual NBA talent around him, um, you know, as far as uh, being able to uh, make reads, make passes, uh, find cutters, all that kind of stuff that maybe he didn't get really get the opportunity to do in Oklahoma because um, they didn't have any NBA talent around him. Um, I've got a, I've got a um, top 125 players uh, board, a big board of a, the, the top 125 players. There is no other Oklahoma player on that big board. That's 125 best college players. There's or, and and international. Uh, there's no other player from Oklahoma on that board. Um, so like literally no NBA talent on that team other than Trey Young. Um, I just don't think I just don't think you can pass him up uh, if you're the Magic. I, the only reason that I, I didn't have him go even higher is all of the other teams have point guards. Um, I, I've heard rumors that the Hawks might be interested in taking him at, at um, three, uh, but I don't know, man. That the only way I do that is if you find a reasonably good trade for Dennis Schroeder, and it's that's not. It, Maybe that's possible, but it seems like now is maybe not the time to trade Dennis Schroeder. It seems like his value isn't where you would like ideally where you would want it to be. He's still signed on for three more seasons. You can uh, a lot of that cap's going to start to open up in a couple of years. Seems like you can wait, maybe trade him, uh, you know, in a year or two and get a little better value out of him. Uh, than if you traded him this off season, uh, but anyway, I, yeah, I think Trey Young. I think he makes a lot of sense for the Magic. Uh, what are your thoughts? I know I'm, I'm thanking you right now. I've seen so many people that have gone with the big man for the Magic, and I'm just like, why? I mean, I understand that there, there's this they year is a big man, class, but just that's what I'm saying. They got Jonathan Isaac. They want to re-sign Aaron Gordon, and they have uh, what's his um, bitch. Yeah, so it's just like the, so they have to go with the point guard. Now I feel like Orlando is the team that might trade out of that six pick if there's a better point guard up there. I mean, hey, who knows? What if Atlanta does get Trey Young for their, but they don't pick him at three. They pick him at six and they give Schroeder and their two, maybe even thirty-four. So give them the two other first-round picks, and if they want the thirty-fourth pick, and be like, we're walking away, we don't care. We'll take the seven, and we'll take back this back beyond those terrible contract magic that you never wanted in the first place. Because I feel like yes, you know Magic what? want want a point guard, but they want one that can help them right now instantly with this kind of team. So I feel like that would be a good trade right there with the, those teams. And I'll let you say, you know what? I threw out uh, the other day um, uh, Dennis Schroeder and Torian Prince for Biombo in the number six pick. Um, and, uh, my, uh, my fellow, uh, Hawks nation, uh, page, uh, followers, uh, about had a fucking heart attack. <laughs> like they, they were not about trading Torian Prince, a lot of love out there for Torian Prince. Um, but I, I mean, honestly, I think it's a good trade. I mean, I think Torian Prince is, 
uh, more of a, if you're from the Magic's perspective, more of a proven player. Um, they don't really have a, a guy who is locked in at that at that wing position at uh, the three. You know, Fournier plays a little bit of three, but he's also he's really more of a two. Um, and Simmons is really more of a bench player. Uh, Terrence Ross is is more of a bench player. Um, and Ross is expiring. Uh, I don't think they're looking to resign him, uh, certainly not to be their starter. Um, so, if, I mean, to me, if you could get, you know, Schroeder and Prince uh, and get rid of Biombo, but you have to give up six, I think that makes a lot of sense for the Magic. And if you're the Hawks, like, you're rebuilding. Look at where your timetable is at. You only got two more years of Prince on his rookie contract, and then you got to work out an extension. This buys you a little extra time and it potentially frees up more cap space in two years. Plus, you get the number six pick, and you get to keep all your other picks. Um, I, I don't know. I thought it was, I thought it was a reasonably good, uh, good trade, but um, I don't know. May, maybe it's not. Maybe it's given up too much. I don't know. What do you think? Oh no, I'm a no. I'm no. sorry. I'm, I'm a no for both sides. I'm a no for Hawks fans. I'm not giving up Prince. I don't care. I just Ooh. not doing it, man. I'm sorry. I kind of like his upside a little bit. He kind of like, I don't know, just give him time. I know he's still a rookie and he's got two more years and I understand the money part, but for the Magic, no. Jonathan Isaac, he's playing my three. If this is what I'm really drafting for, Eric Gordon's being the four. I mean, he's a three or four, Isaac, so he's an interchangeable. He's more of a five than a three. Four. I mean, no, dude, he is not that big of a, he is a skinny little no, guy. No, he's not that big. He, 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 he measures six, out like a Brandon Ingram. He's got a big wingspan. Like, yeah, he, he's really he measures out like a Brandon Ingram. He's a four. But he doesn't have the like ball handling skills or the passing ability or any of that to play the three. I mean, he's a defensive four. Like, that's what he is. Like, that's why I think the Magic should explore uh, various trades to try and get – because he, he just he plays the same position as Aaron Gordon. Um, and, you know, it's been proven now that Aaron Gordon is way more effective at the four than the three. Um, but, you know, I understand. I, I mean, I feel you. Like, if, if you feel like, you know, acquiring a guy like Prince would be redundant because you see Isaac as a possible three, um, like, I, you know, I, I, I feel you there. Yeah, I'm just saying, if I'm thinking the way that I convinced Aaron Gordon that I'm drafting this guy last year, I'm like, no, nah, man, he could play the three. So I'm going to be like, oh, man, still playing the three. I'm, I did not just draft another three to come in and be like, no, we don't know what we're doing with you. I mean, I could see Aaron Gordon leading this, leading this team, but we won't know that before draft year. So I feel like Magic have to go for a point guard. Treyon's the perfect one right here. I mean, they're, they're going to pick the best point guard. Yeah, Colin Sexton I like a lot, but just young, just what he can do, his name and just everything that's linked to him with shooting and what shooting become in the NBA. You just don't pass up on that if you're the Magic. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, like, so you were saying essentially uh, Schroeder plus, like, 19 and 30 and, and maybe 34 if you had to. Um, like, what positions would you be targeting if you were the Magic and you made that trade? Like, what other positions would you be targeting? Well, I'd definitely be targeting another point guard. Now, if I think if I can get, like, a Shea Gillis-Alexander or, like, one of those guys later on, maybe. So, trying. I mean, I don't think Alexander will split that, but we don't know. Or, like, you know, so there's definitely another point guard right there. I'm definitely trying to 
fill the holes, maybe a, a center later on, like another big man, just yeah. way later with the 34 and that. And then, and then get it like a true three or true like shooting guards, like oh, Jacob Evans or Josh Kobe or someone like that. But if I want to gotcha. build around this team and Aaron Gordon and who I have right now, I'm definitely gotcha. solid at the four and the five position. So I need a point guard and to help what run my team and all that. Yeah, absolutely. I feel you. Um, all right, uh, moving on. Number seven, Chicago Bulls. Who you got? So this one's kind of tough for me because what I uh, just read about Michael Porter Jr. and all, like, the flags could be not as high right now on his back. He looked pretty good at his pro day and all that, just seeing. But I think Chicago's kind of wanting a center. They could need a point guard, but Chris Dunn's still developing Zach Levine right there. You have that. So you kind of need a big guy to help with Leo Markkinen. And Wendell Carter Jr. is one of those guys that just kind of been passed up on because this year is just a very big year of just big centers and just big guys. Even Marvin Bagley he's not a center, but they're just like guys that are 6'10 and can play. But Wendell Carter – is going to be able to show himself, like, without being logged in between two really big guys, two huge freshmen, two. One was scouted higher, so that's why the offense was more drawn around him. But Carter did a great job for Duke. He's really just a go-getter. I like him. I feel like he would pair well with Leo Marketing, uh, just being able to to help him, stay, like, let him choose three so he can play down low. And he can also kind of space the floor a little bit defensively. He's going to have to learn that part of the game, but I, I'm going with Wendell Carter for Chicago. Even though Michael Porter could be really good, and that's, I feel like Chicago, no matter what, that's who they've been wanting to get, so he'd be happy if he fell to him. But if I'm going to go with my team needs, I'm going to go with Carter. Interesting. Um, very interesting, because I, I could have I, – I literally already had Michael Porter Jr. locked in my head uh, for that one, it, it, like fully expecting you to say him. Um, no, I like Wendell Carter. Um, I, I don't think I would personally go with him there. Uh, cause I, I mean, I think personally, I think they need both. I mean, I think they need a center and they need a wing. Um, cause I mean, if you, if you look at their roster, um, the guys that they have that are young and have a lot of potential, um, are pretty much marketing, uh, Levine and Dunn. So you don't really have a three. Um, so, I mean, I, I would, I would probably lean towards that, especially since you do have Robin Lopez for another year. Um, and you have Bobby Portis, who's really more of a four, but can play some small ball five. Um, I, I mean, I, I think Bobby Portis played really well last season. Um, but, like, I could totally see them, them going Wendell Carter, especially it's, it's all about the, it's all about um, MPJ's back. Like, And I think team to team it's going to be – it's probably going to be different, you know, um, but there will be teams that are he, – he's the most unpredictable player in this draft because it's literally like I could, I could see him going as high as two and I could see him dropping as low as like ten. You know, I don't think he'll drop to ten. I don't think he'll go at two. I'm just saying like there's a lot of – like there's a huge, um, you know uh, – space in between where where he could go so uh but no i i like i said i really do like wendell carter i think uh i think he'll be a 
pretty good big uh, in the league. Um, like you said, he, he does have the ability to space the floor. He needs to um, certainly work on his, his defensive game. Um, but I think I, – I do think um, part of – Part of that will come with just playing on an NBA squad. I think playing for Duke um, and obviously playing alongside Bagley kind of hampered him uh, in, in that respect. Um, they had to play a lot of zone, which meant he, he didn't get the, the reps and the ability to, to really hone in on his one-on-one defense, um, which obviously he'll get more opportunity to do so now. Um, I, I actually think Wendell Carter uh, has – every bit of potential to be just as good as Marvin Bagley uh, in different ways. Um, but, I mean, I, I really do. I, I think he's that good um, of a prospect. And, you know, I, obviously I, I have Bagley ranked ahead of him, but I, I do see that potential there uh, for him for him to uh, even even possibly surpass Bagley if Bagley's defense never, um, never kind of comes to fruition, uh, but Carter's does. So, no, I mean, I'm cool with it. They certainly need a center. Um, and I, I do, I agree with you. I do really like the fit with Markkinen. Um, th- to me, they would they would pair very well, um, you know, as, as your 4-5 combo. Uh, especially, you know, Markkinen is, is, like, a little bit taller. I think he's, he's like, a, a actual 7-foot, whereas Wendell Carter is, like, 6'10". Um, but then you got Wendell Carter, who obviously has the athleticism um, and – you know, essentially, you know, if you're if you're giving up a little bit of size at the five, it, it makes sense to have a little bit of extra size at the four. Helps, you know, those tiny little things can help with court vision and and rebounding and and other things like that. So, no, I actually like it. I think it's a I think it's a really good pick. Um, well, you made my my job really easy for Cleveland. Um, you absolutely draft Michael Porter Jr. Um, whether you're going to trade the pick if you're trying to get LeBron to stay. Or you're going to keep him, and you know, essentially say, "All right, kid, it's your team now." Uh, I think Michael Porter Jr. is your guy. If he slips to eight, there is no way I'm taking anybody else over him. His potential is just too great. I, I, you know, I don't think personally, I don't see him slipping past seven, um, but definitely not not past eight. Um, in, in my opinion, I, like, I mean, I did say I think he could possibly slip to nine if his back is, you know, that much in question. But, like, man, if you're Cleveland, like, I, I just – I feel like you would have – you would be super foolish not to take him. So, I'm going Michael Porter Jr. What do you think? No, we might see the fastest ever time to put in a pick. If I'm Dan Gilbert, I'm running up there and be like, no, I'm putting this pick on the top. Cigar all the way, being like, "Yeah, Michael Porter Jr., let's go." This is how I said I, I could build a team right now, like, without LeBron. This is how I said like, I could do it without LeBron James. This is him right here, Michael Porter Jr., our future. LeBron, do what you got to do, man. Yeah, no, I could just see him like running out, like giving, uh, like giving his son the stiff arm, and like, nah, I got this. Like, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, uh, I agree. I mean, I think. I think that would be a no-brainer at that point. Um, all right, <laughs> moving on, uh, we got number nine. Uh, who you got uh, going at number nine? So the Knicks are kind of tricky right now because, you know, they're they're kind of a team that needs to 
help rebuilding, but they also have a good player that's hurt. But I'm looking at two players right about now. I'm looking at do I want a point guard or do I want a wing player? And right. I'm kind of leaning for a wing player right now. And I'm going to go with Mikel Bridges. I just think his yeah, maturity, he's, he's, a, he's a, a solid prospect to pick at this spot. He's very mature for his age, but he's still young, so he's still in his youth. So he can help in that prospect, but also help you right now and help when Kristoff's back. Uh, Sexton could have been a good pick for him right, uh, right now, too, but I just think there'd be other point guards that they'd rather try to pair up at the, the point guard position and try to, like, get in free agency or make a trade later on. Yeah. But I'm definitely look, looking at the wing players. I mean, you got Kevin Knox and Miles Bridges. I feel like Miles Bridges would be – Miles Bridges would be good because he could definitely play the three and the four. He thrives at the four. We don't know what he is at the three yet, but he could definitely play it right now. But he'd play – he would help you at the four position while Kristoff is out, and you have to figure out there's the paying later. Knox was kind of one of those players that's just so tall that he fits at the the modern four, but he wants to play the three. And yeah. that's what he projects in that. So you're getting the only player that really projects at a three. He's your basic three and D guy. He just he does everything just as a mature. He's won two national championships. He's been coached by one of the best coaches in college right now. There's a lot about this kid that you like. I think he can handle the New York whole atmosphere of just reporters getting on you. I don't feel like he would just really let it get to him and all that. He's also Philly where he went to. So Philly reporters are already just pretty nasty as it is. So I just feel like Nick need a wing. And right now they'd be, they'd be getting a good solid wing to help them in their youth and help them when Kristoff comes back, if they want to be trying to compete with getting another player uh, caliber to Kristoff's name. Absolutely. No, I, I I can't fault you at all. I probably would have gone with Miles for the reason that you said because he could play I feel like he will be able to play the three. Um he's six foot seven. Um, you know, so I think he will fit better at the three uh in the NBA because of his size. Um but he does because he's so big, uh, his body is so big, he, he does have the ability to play the four. So you could play him at the four in small ball lineups and like you said, while while Kristoff's is out. Um, which I don't think you can get away with Mikhail. He's just not quite big enough. Um, but I do, I do like Mikhail probably a little better long term. Um, like I, I mean, I think it's it's really it's really tough to to say. I mean, they're both good shooters. Um, they both have you know some pretty big question marks. Honestly, it's it's weird, and especially that both of their names are Bridges. Um, but they kind of remind me of you know the argument we were or the discussion we were laying out for um, for Bamba versus Jackson. They remind me a lot of one another, um, and you know it's just it's it's almost like you know what just what's your what's your who's more your cup of tea you know and and mine happens to be Mikhail Bridges. Um, so yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I I think he would be the best player available um, at that at that spot, um, or at least the best prospect available. So yeah, I mean I'm I'm with you. I think it's a smart pick. Um, I I think either Bridges is fine. Um, I think either way you go, you're gonna be you're gonna be just fine. Um, but yeah, I I do I like Mikhail a lot. And if if Neil Akina ever kind of develops and and 
you know, really feels comfortable playing the one. Uh, Mikhail does have the versatility to play the two. Um, so that, you know, that's always, a, you know, a possibility and something to look at, um, you know, if they ever made a splash trade. Uh, and one more thing before we move on. Yes, uh, I agree. I would take a wing. Uh, Kim Walker is a free agent next season. The Knicks are going to have cap space. Uh, we'll discuss tomorrow why uh, this report about the Celtics being quote unquote worried about uh, Kyrie joining the Knicks next off season is, is fucking stupid. Um, but, but um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying, yeah, that. I got your back on this one. Uh, but, uh, but nevertheless, um, th- I, I do think Kimball Walker joining the Knicks is not stupid at all. Um, yes. I, I didn't want to say that, it earlier, but that's what I didn't pick a point guard as well. I think Kim has gone there. Yes, I, I think, yeah, I think that's, uh, um, I just think it makes so much sense. And not to mention, like, uh, you know, it, he would be going home. He would be pairing up with Kristaps, who would, you know, hopefully be back from his injury. You know, God forbid he doesn't re-injure himself. Um, and whoever they draft in, in this year's draft, and I think you, you would draft the best wing player, whoever you think the best wing player is, and then you try to sign him, try to sign Kemba next season, and then you know you're you're you know probably draft a center um, in in next year's draft. Um, so like maybe say like if Wendell Carter Jr. slips to them, maybe they take Wendell Carter Jr. So, but I think I I, I definitely think you're going with um, either a wing or a center. I don't think you're going with a point guard. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, Philly. I'm just going to go with the other bridges. Uh, I think they could use a wing player. I know I know that they really kind of need a shooting guard. Um, if you look at their lineup, um, you know, assuming if you're, you're, you're say, assuming that J.J. Redick is not going to re-sign on a super discounted deal, um, but, I, I mean, I do think he is. Uh, and I think there are plenty of trades to be made to – um, acquire various shooting guards. I'm sure we'll talk about that ad nauseum uh, leading up to the draft and through uh, free agency. But um, for now, I'm just going to go Miles Bridges. I think he's probably the best prospect available. And, you know, I'm just – I don't know if I want to reach on a guy like Lonnie Walker or um, uh, Zaire Smith there. Um, I think I would rather have – just a wing, we all know the value that wings carry in this league and the fact that he would be somebody that I feel like I could use in, in trade discussions if I needed to. Uh, all of those things are going into my consideration. Uh, and plus, I mean, I just think he would be, no matter you know what you have go on, we've seen how the Celtics can make it work as far as running all these different wings, playing all these different wings on the floor. Um, it's just the, the most the most surefire pick uh, at number 10 for me. So I'm going Miles Bridges. No, yeah, I have to agree with you here. I would go with Miles Bridges, but then again, I'm kind of also leaning towards Lonnie Walker, but sure. I would Bridges just has the most upside. Like you said, he can play the wing position is just very valuable right now. And he's an interchangeable wing. So he gets to play out there with both Embiid if you need to play him at the power forward or if you're going, like, bigs and all that, he can play at the three and all that with Saric and all that. So he's very interchangeable. That helps out a team. But if you're also 
losing possibly all of your shooting right now with Bellinelli, Ilsova, and JJ Redick. Lonnie Walker, I feel like during the year at Miami, he kind of lost like his. He didn't look so good and all that, but I feel like with NBA spacing and all that, he'll do a lot better. And he's a really good shooter. But I would just, I mean, like you said, I'm going with the, one of the best wings right here. Bridges fits. I should have went with the wing last year to help out my team. I see how much that bit me in my my ass. So right now I'm going with Miles Bridges. And I think he'll he'll do really well with my team, with with the whole Sixers and everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think so, too. Um, I think he'll fit in well. Um, And, you know, like you don't need to take somebody who is essentially going to be immediately playable, like plug and play. Like if if you really feel you need that, sure, take a Lonnie Walker, take a Zaire Smith because they fit better as long-term as far as positionally with what you currently have. Um, but like I said, I feel like the Sixers are planning on going through a lot of different, um, a lot of different potential moves this off season. Um, so I'm just going with the best player available. And I definitely think that's Miles Bridges. Uh, all right. Number 11, Charlotte Hornets. We just talked about how they might be losing Kimba Walker. Is that going to influence, uh, who you take for them or not? If I'm taking a point guard right now from them, then I'm trading Kimba Walker right during this trade, during this draft, yes, too. So absolutely. I'm already going with that mindset. There's no reason I'm going to be having Kimba Walker near my draft room and be like, oh, hey, yeah, we just drafted Colin Sexton. You, you cool with that? <laughs> so, no. <laughs> so, no. If okay, I'm so which way are you leaning? Do they, and I, do they keep him and, I'm, and, and draft somebody else then? If, I, if I'm thinking that I want to keep him for one more year and try to just Show them that we did get a player. I'm going to go with someone that can be maybe a very high risk, but very high reward in the end. He's still very young in his development. And that's Kevin Knox also at a wing player. He plays both power forward and small forward. I mean, he's been really working on his game. He he says he doesn't want – he knows he can thrive off of some power forwards. He'll have to learn how to play defensively, but he'll definitely be able to – foot speed and all that will be faster than him. But he wants to play the threes and working on passing and all that. I just think with this Kentucky team last year, it wasn't like there was any, like, really bad players. Just that all were just really in their development. And you only saw, like, their really true potential at the end of the year when it all started clicking for them. They weren't just right out of the gates. And that's what you expect out of Kentucky kids. You expect them to – I feel like Kevin Knox has a lot of – so if I'm trying to be like – Hey, Kimbo, let's try it for one more year. Let me see, let's see what we can do. You know, the East isn't really that great. We can compete. Here's another wing to to help us in our kind of our lack of wing position. That that so sure. I think Kevin Knox fits perfectly for them right there. Maybe I mean maybe a shooting guard, but no, I'm definitely going with the wing. Michael Gilchrist. No, you got Malik Monk. Yeah, well, yeah, and yeah, Malik Monk too at that. So I just think. Michael Gilchrist is what has not shown that he is the future and he's not offensively. No. Kevin Knox has a lot of upside. He can definitely shoot the three ball a lot yeah. better than at least Michael Gilchrist. He's been showing just upside in his three shooting from the end of the year. So I think if, if, if I'm Charlotte and that's my plan, then I, but if I'm not, I'm going with the point guard and I know I'm just training Kimba Walker, but I'm trading. I, I don't know. That's what I was saying. Oh, well, I, I no, I love it. I absolutely would take Kevin Knox at this pick. 
Um, and here's my reasoning. I agree with you. Like, make a run at it. See what happens. You know, I don't think Kimba – Kimba has no – disillusions about this team competing for a championship. He just wants to be competitive. Like he'll, he, he'll, I think, I really do think he will stay in Charlotte if he feels like they can be competitive. Uh, so yeah, like make a run at it. It, you know, don't draft a guy who is the, the same position as your best player. And then, you know what, if, if, you know, come, you know, December, January and you're in, 12th, 13th place, then, you know, just say, all right, well, we'll we'll trade Kimba for what we can get for him now. I'm sure there will be teams interested. Your your value may not quite be as high, but your value is already not going to be super high because of you're in such a heavy point guard league. Um, Now, here's the thing. I also, I don't think I would trade Kimba before the draft. I also think I would wait and I might explore trading him after or during free agency. Um, like, let's say LeBron and Paul George end up going to L.A. I'm definitely making a phone call to Magic Johnson and saying, hey, Lonzo can't fucking shoot a three consistently to save his life. Um, Kimball Walker can. He's still relatively young. Their contracts aren't that far apart. You have to throw in a couple things to, to, to get up to, you know, I guess like $9 million to, in order to match our $12 million on Kimba. Um, but we want Lonzo Ball. Then we compare Lonzo Ball with, um, you know, say Malik Monk and Kevin Knox. Maybe we have to give up, you know, some other assets in order to make that happen. Um, but I think I think you're going to be looking at better – uh, potential trades in free agency, and then if if that doesn't work out, then fine, just just you know roll the dice and see what happens. But I do like Kevin Knox; he could play the three, he could play the four. Um, like you said, uh, Kid Gilchrist, not definitely not shown to be any kind of player of the future. Same thing with Frank Kaminsky. Um, Kaminsky has never really you know turned out to be anything great, um, so he kind of fills two needs. Uh, and because he has that versatility, um, kind of like a Robert Covington, uh, you know, where he can play both of those positions, um, that gives you a lot of versatility with as far as who you add next. Um, so yeah, I, I like, I actually like that, uh, like that pick a lot. Um, moving on, I'm going to surprise you with this one. Um, number 12, LA Clippers going another Kentucky, uh, player, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, I, I like, I like Shea, man. I like him more than Colin Sexton. Um, I, he's taller. He's a better, like, he's, seems like he's going to project as a better defender. He's a better shooter. Um, I, I don't know. I like this kid a lot. He kind of came out of nowhere and just kind of took over this Kentucky team, uh, maybe like three quarters of the way through the season, halfway through the season. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I like him a lot. The fact that he's got the height, the fact that, um, you know, that provides him with better court vision. And, you know, I just, I'm, I'm never big, really big on those, um, on those point guards who, you know, rely so much on just driving to the bucket, like using their speed to get around guys. I know you can develop a shot and everything else. Um, but two things with players like that, 
usually you end up tearing your ACL or something like that because you're putting so much strain on your body. Uh, and then two, um, you rely so heavily on that that you, unless you just have this really insane built-in drive, you, you fail to develop the rest of your game. Look at Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder can get by 90% of people in the NBA at will. Um, he can just drive to the bucket, lay one of those little things off the glass, and he's great. But there's a difference between a guy like Dennis Schroeder and a guy like Tony Parker. Like, Tony Parker constantly evolved and tried to develop his game and essentially, like, developed such a solid mid-range game and a stop and, and turnaround Jays and things like that. Now, Dennis could still figure that out. He's got a lot of time left. Um, but guys who have that skill and rely on that so heavily worry me, whereas a guy like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, he's he's a jack-of-all-trades. He, he dabbles in everything, and I think he's going to constantly want to get better at everything instead of just relying on that speed move to the basket, lay it up or dish it off. Um, but that's just that's just my personal thought. I, I do have Shea as my second-best point guard uh, in this draft. What are your thoughts? Is this blasphemous to you that I am uh, picking Shea over Colin? Absolute blasphemous, dude. My head was shaking. <laughs> no, the whole time. No, no, no. No, Colin Sexton's there. I'm taking Sexton. And guess what? I can say no, and you're going to make me do this. I was kind of hoping you are going to pick Robert Williams, you know, to think that they're going to go center point. No, remember, you know, I like Dante Porter more than Robert Williams. Yeah, and I forgot that. But, you know, Porter's out of the draft, <laughs> so he's not even in this draft anymore. He, he took out his name, oh, so. Fuck, I didn't so, even know that. Yeah, so Robert, I mean, so, That's but, so no, stupid. so I, okay. I'm lucky I have back-to-back pick Clipper, Clippers picks because I'm picking Colin Sexton. There's no reason I'm passing it on Colin Sexton. I don't care. Shea Gillis Alexander can play the two position and all that. Shea, don't get me wrong, and I'm a huge Kentucky fan. I love the kid, and he came out the end of the year, and he really showed. But there's something about Sexton's mentality and what he – he just always thrives. I mean, he single-handedly played a game where there was only three people allowed out on the court, and he stopped oh, yeah, his team in the game. He literally had to win the SEC, like – some games in the SEC uh, uh, championship uh, playoff before the NCAA, and he willed his team and got these wins. This kid is a bulldog. He he just reminds me, he just has that mentality that you just can't teach. Don't get me wrong, Shane, like you say, he's a jack of all, dra- uh, jack of all trades, but Colin Sexton is just a bulldog, and you don't see that many bulldogs that have that mentality and that fire in his eyes. So, luckily – I find the Clippers, and I get to, I mean, I'm going to go with them. Yeah, Sexton. So I'm really just going to choose two point guards because you really think about it, the Clippers are really weak at the whole guard position. You don't know what Avery Bradley's no, doing. You have to resign him. Well, you That's have to resign him so you don't know what Avery Bradley's doing because he's a free agent this year. Patrick Beverly's coming off a big injury and only has one more year left on his contract. The guy That's that true. they just got from Europe is a uh, uh, is uh, also a restricted free agent old. this year. But yeah, yeah, and he's old, so that and so who else do they have? Who is the, oh, and then uh, you Austin have Rivers. Austin Rivers, who is a free agent. So you still like they only have uh, one guy I that's think a he's in. He's got a he's got a twelve point five ish, I think twelve point eight million dollar player option. Uh, no way he tried to test the waters on that dude. I mean, but, but I'm saying so million so million no, the they only market. their guard position is only 
really lasting two more years. Like, if you think of longevity, like, That's of all true. their guards. So, yes, yeah, might as well true. get two young kids My that can play. I mean, they both can develop into each other. Maybe one is the true point guard. Uh, Alexander could definitely be a great six-man run the second option, play the two-guard if you need him out there, play the one-guard with the second unit. So, yes, if I, I mean, you, had, you put me in that spot. I said it quickly yeah. because, yeah, I'm picking Colin Sexton no matter yeah. what for – for the Clippers, in my mind, he is the best point guard in my, and just with the whole five. But, yes, I'm lucky so, that uh, man, the Clippers why, got back-to-back, back and I'm not going to big. I just picked a point guard. <laughs> because, because sometimes I'm the Minnesota Timberwolves, and I pick back-to-back point guards when hey, Seth Curry gets enough. picked right after me. Because, you know what, you want to swing on two positions. Sometimes I'm Phoenix Suns, and I draft – Back-to-back point guard, I mean, power forward in the draft. <laughs> you just pick, you know, you just that's a spot that you really need. Yes, you can need a big man, but like I said, you liked another big guy better, so it's really only Robert Williams and then some mystery big guys in there. So might as well yeah, go I'm with not... the two best point guards, see what they shake out. One is definitely a two-slash-one, so that helps you out. And it's not a double point guard. Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't. I, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Robert Williams, but I still probably would have gone with, like, Zaire Smith or, I don't know, somebody else. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, um, hey, we got him taking two point guards. That's the way we're doing this. Uh, so, moving on, Denver Nuggets. Uh, they To me, I just feel like they really need a wing now. Of course, there has been a rumor going around they are interested in trading uh, or potentially trading uh for Reed to free up cap space and would be willing to include the number 14 pick. Um, any team with cap space should be jumping all over that, including my Atlanta Hawks, um, because A, for Reed's only signed on for one more year, and B, like getting a number 14 pick for taking a $14 million, actually $13.7 million contract is a no fucking brainer. Um, I would be really surprised if, uh, the Nuggets don't try to include like somebody else in that trade, like Darrell Arthur, um, who is seven point four million dollars for one more season, um, which I would still do. I would gladly take on twenty million dollars for one season in salary to get the number fourteen pick. Sure, like I mean that would be all of our cap space, but fuck it, I don't care. I could get the number fourteen pick. Um, but anyway, assuming that you know without knowing who they would trade it to, it's impossible to, to pick for somebody else. So assuming that they're going to keep it, I think they definitely need to take a wing. Um, I, I think that is what they are absolutely in most need of. Uh, and I feel like the best available wing uh, is one of two guys. Uh, and when I say wing, I'm talking about, you know, a six 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 seven six eight guy who could play the two and play the three because they really need a three. Um, you got Zanin Musa, uh, international player uh, from Zerevita Zagrab, uh, and you have Troy Brown out of Oregon, six foot seven. He's got he's really good ball handler. Um, he, he he needs to work on a shot a little bit, um, but everything else is pretty much there. Um, he actually played point guard, I think, in high school. So he's he's got, like I said, he's got the handling down. He's got the court vision down. Um, so he's kind of transitioning into playing more of a two-three game um, uh, as as he's kind of um, progressed throughout his career. Um, I, I could see either one of those guys uh, being an intriguing prospect. 
I'm going to personally take Troy Brown simply because I think Musa Musa scares me, man. He reminds me of Hazonia because um, he's a scorer, um, but so was Hazonia. Hazonia was like a solid scorer, um, you know, coming in into the NBA and just never had the athleticism to be able to like to to figure things out, you know, um, because that's all he could do. The only thing he could do was score the basketball, and you know, because the games are just so different. It, it, he just never could translate. And so I'm not saying Moose is going to be that, but he, he kind of scares me um, of that. And I think Troy Brown um, – I, I, and I think Troy Brown would be – could be an excellent repl- replacement for Will Barton um, if you're not going to try to dump salary. Um, I, I feel like you should be looking to replace him, and I think Troy Brown would be great. Will Barton currently plays the two and the three – Troy Brown could be that for your future. What do you think? No, I like Troy Brown here too. Um, another guy would have possibly two guys to possibly throw in there. Zaire Smith definitely could play the the shooting guard and small forward position. It kind of, but Musa, I agree with you completely. I feel like he just relies only heavily on his shooting. Don't get me wrong; he definitely shoot the rock, but there's a lot of things that I saw about his game that I think it's going to be exploited big time in the NBA. He might be one of those players that might end up going back to Europe in the end and being a really great Europe player, just never panning out. Just It's just a lot of the speed and all that. So I do like Brown here. Uh, like you said, they definitely need the small four, but they need, they could use a guy that can interchange right now because you're not going to take a Lonnie Walker. I don't think Walker plays the small forward at all, so that's not really going to help him when you have Gary Harris no. there. Already, so you're not he's going like for a straight four. shooting he's guard. Not big enough. Yeah, so he's he's just a true shooting guard. So, I, I my mind would be down to Zaire Smith and Troy Brown, but I I, I I like Brown going right here too. Smith kind of just popped on the scene and running this like hot wave and all that and like helping in Texas Tech, but Brown has a lot of tangibles and things about him that he's been showing since he was a young age. Like there's just there's yeah. a lot to him. I I feel like. With the Denver team, too, you're getting a guy, like you said, you're, you possibly lose a Will Barton, who's your sixth man, so now you could have a guy that could be your sixth man for them. Yeah. Yeah, and I like I said, he's, he played point guard, you know, in, in high school. Um, I don't think there's any reason he couldn't play the one, the two, and the three um, if you developed him, and, and especially, like, the fact that you already have a guy like Jamal Murray playing the one, um, I don't think it would be that much change of pace. And you really could use somebody who could play both the one and the three. Um, so, you know, like, and, and the two for that matter, if, you know, depending on what happens with Barton. So, like, I, I think he hits all of those points. Whereas with Zaire Smith, I see better, I, I see more like a higher ceiling for Zaire Smith. Um, but I don't, I, I can see, I really see him best at the two. I, I could see him playing a little bit of three. Maybe a little bit of one, but I just I just feel like uh, Brown's versatility would would extend itself better to playing those multiple positions. Where I think Zaire Smith will be a better like just solid shooting guard. Um, so I think you know because of that and the height that you know the couple of inches um, that that Brown has. That's that's another reason I like him. Uh, but all right, Washington Wizards number fifteen. Who you got? If I'm the Wizards, I'm kind of looking at a positional needs and yes, point guards because my my guard hasn't been healthy. I'm not getting a guard of the future, but maybe get a help of backup. But 
I'm going to go with another position that really has been needing some help, and that's my center position because Martin Cortot is also on the final year of his contract, but he's yep. been just terrible. So I'm going to swing and for – I know you terrible. <laughs> so I, I know you're not high on him and everything, but he definitely had it last year. He could have been a, a very high lottery pick than this because, I mean, this is going to be right the last pick in the lo- – no, actually he's out of the lottery now, so – but Robert yeah. Williams, I mean, I still think there's a lot. Last year he had to play a lot of out of position. They're playing him at the power forward where he's not. I think, feel like he'll be a true center. Yeah, he's not as tall as the rest, but he's a big body, very fast. He can run up the, the floor. I feel like he can keep up with John Wall's pace and be able to dunk. It just they're Texas had, I mean, Texas A&M where he's at had another center that they're playing him at. So that's also what kind of brought down his number. But at the end of the year when – He's also another player like Sexton when he had to put a team on his back and they're like, hey, you need to get us wins and all that. He really brought his team in the NCAA a championship uh, run. He did really well. I think they made the Sweet 16, maybe even Elite Eight. So I feel like Robert Williams still has a little bit upside. Definitely a, if he plays center, he could play with that team. Like you said, Marcin Cordat is just terrible. He's only on one more year of his contract, which is good for Washington. So if I'm still sticking with – not getting a backup point guard and all that, and uh, Otto uh, Porter, Beal, and Maul. I want to I get a big with them. And, and Robert Williams, I feel like there's other ones out there, like Mitchell Robinson and all that, but I feel like Williams has the talent, and he's shown at the end of the, at the, end of the year that he can still be what he was thought of to be last year uh, in talent-wise. Yeah, I mean, he's got the potential. Um, I, I don't know, man. I just, I'm, I'm just not a big fan. I don't think he, he is is great defensively. He can't shoot to save his fucking life. Um, so he's he's definitely a center. He's definitely not going to be a power forward. And he's a little undersized. I think he's six nine. Um, yeah, in today's NBA with the small ball craze, like it's not the end of the world. Um, and he could surprise me. You know, I mean, I think a lot of this also boils down to effort. Um, you know, sometimes you get a guy like Joel Embiid, and sometimes you get a guy like Jaleel Okafor. You, like the talent, all the talent in the world could be there, but effort and you know, just this, the desire to um, to play the game and to get better can go a long way. Um, and the fact that you know, I, I got a lot of respect. I mean, I think it's stupid, um, but I got a lot of respect for people who you know essentially go back to college and say, you know, I'm going to go back to college for one more year and, and try to work on my game and, and, and get better. So I'm more prepared for the NBA. Um, you know, I think it cost him a few draft spots and maybe a million or so dollars um, to do that. Cause I agree with you. I think he would have been probably a top 10 pick, maybe 11, something like that in last year's draft. Um, whereas now he, we got him slip into 15 or, you know, I feel like 13 is probably the highest that he goes with the Clippers. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I can't, I can't fight it. I mean, most people have him ranked higher than I do. So, you know, (laughs) I feel like I'm the outlier here. So, um, I honestly, I just wish Daniel Gafford had stayed because I would much rather have that guy. I really like that guy. Um, but, uh, obviously he went back, um, uh, for his sophomore year at, uh, Arkansas, I think. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, Arkansas. yeah. Um, so yeah, so, uh, that, you know, that's, um, obviously off the table. Um, all right. 
Uh, I'm going to throw out another crazy pick here. Uh, I'm just, I'm just. This one's for Ricky, by the way, because uh, Ricky always wants. Uh, he, he loves us Euro prospects, um, so I'm, I'm giving him a shout out. And uh, the, the Suns need a point guard, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna fucking do it. Like, if unless they can trade for somebody like Kemba Walker, or you know. Um, you know, make a deal for like a Markel Fultz or trade up for a Trey Young. You know, it, there's there's a lot of moves that could be made. Um, but you know, with this draft, I'm just going to take what's available. I'm going Elio Kobo, uh, the uh, the French prospect uh, point guard. It's a little bit of a reach, um, but he has risen up the draft rankings as of recently. I remember when I first saw him, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He was like 40 something uh on um uh on tankathon um and he's risen constantly risen higher um and then when i started hearing the guys over at the ringer uh you know kevin o'connor jonathan charts danny chow uh talking about him i you know i started to look into him he had a huge game uh, he had like 40 points in, in a game not too long ago um he, he's getting a lot of praise. Um, there's not a lot of footage out there on him. Um, so, I mean, they would really, the Suns would really have to do their due diligence. Um, I'm not saying this is by any means, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, the best pick for them or the best available player. Uh, but I do think he's got a lot of potential, um, you know, from, from what I've read about him, from uh, what scouts have said about him, which is most of, of what I've been able to do. Um, One scout even said that they think he is the best French prospect in years, Um, you know, maybe since a guy like Tony Parker. Uh, So, like, that's that's something of note and promising. Uh, And, you know, if you you could take a gamble, like you – to me, like I said, there's some teams that can afford to take a gamble and there's other teams that can't. Suns can't afford to take a, a couple gambles. They got the number one pick. Um, if they can't figure out a trade to get a point guard, they can take a gamble on a point guard. Um, and if, you know, Sexton or, or Gildas Alexander isn't available, I'm going to go with Okobo. I think I, I could end up being a really, really solid player. He seems to understand the game really well. And, you know, a lot of what I've read about him from um, the scouts who have looked at him recently think he's got a lot of potential. Um, whereas I don't really see another point guard that has that much potential, um, you know, in this draft, another, you know, college point guard uh, coming out. The, the closest that I would think is, is maybe like a Jalen Brunson, um, but still I, I I see him being like a DJ Augustine type, like a really, really solid backup point guard, like or an Ishmith. Um, I don't see him being a starting point guard in the league. Um, whereas I think with Okoba, you could maybe see that. So uh, that's what I'm going to go with for number 16. Or possibly you trade down and then you drop him later. That's also a possibility. I see you're riding his 44-point game very high right now. That's what he, he scored 44. <laughs> I mean, I understand his upside, but if I'm Phoenix Suns and their fans, I'm a Cubbo, no. I do not want this guy. I'm sorry. Like, Yes, I have a European coach, and he's probably done his scouting and knows this guy pretty well because, I mean, he's still has European, but 
I don't know. I just don't want that. Uh, one guy that you, I think you might have forgot that was a point guard also. Maybe you have him ranked a lot lower, but Aaron Holiday, I mean, I'm not reaching for him at 16, but Aaron Holiday is a very good point guard. What's left yeah. out of his uh, talent. His brothers play in the league, so he, he did That's He true. did really well once he took over for Lonzo. He averaged 20 points and t- almost six uh, assists, so I just, I mean, I understand. I mean, Okobo has a lot of upside, especially, like you said, he can score what he's done lately in the 44-point game, but there's not a lot that I've seen. If I'm trying to be Phoenix and also Booker, if I'm, if I'm not trying to scare Booker and, and showing him that we're trying to build around this team, I'm going to get someone, you know, that has a name. He's definitely played against Aiton. So if I was going to go to the point guard, I, I'd go more on Aaron Gordon than Aaron Holiday. Kobo. I mean, Aaron yeah. Holiday. Aaron Holiday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not as high on Holiday um, as, as you are. Um, I, I I do agree with you. Um, I, I I do think he's in that five top six uh, area. Um, I kind of like Brunson a little bit more, um, but uh, but Holiday is another one of those guys um, who is all across the board. Some people have him as high as like the late teens, and some people have him as low as like the early forties. Um, so he's he's just one of those guys who. There's a, there's a lot of um, uh, differentiation as far as um, various different sites and, and scouts and, you know, how they see him projecting. I, I kind of see him the same as, as like a, um, you know, as a, as a very, very high-quality backup point guard, um, which I'm not, you know, interested in taking at 16. I'm going to take a flyer and a guy um, who I think has the potential to be uh, you know, a, a, a high-quality starting point guard, and, and, you know, that's why I would go Okobo. Um, that's the beauty of this. You know, we get to uh, to, to go back and forth and disagree. Um, all right, 17, Milwaukee, who you got? If I'm Milwaukee, I'm really just trying to help out one need, and that was people that can get their own shots and score. Because yes. you looked at it in the playoffs, the only person that really could do it was uh, Middleton, I mean, yes, Giannis is Giannis and all that, and and Jabari looked at like Tapar, but the, other than that, there's not other people that could get to on shots. So Milwaukee right now, and I'm going Lonnie be Walker. And Jabari, so oh yeah, it's also that too. I feel like they're gonna try no matter what to keep them. That's why also when I went with Chicago's pick, I feel like Chicago is gonna try to steal Jabari and bring him back home. So that's also why I made my pick with Carter, but. If I'm Milwaukee, I'm going with Lonnie Walker. I feel like right now he's the best shooting guard. I definitely, I mean, yes, I have Chris Middleton, and he is my shooting guard, but, I mean, he's not playing every minute. I need another guy. Yeah, and and, and like you said, he can play small forward, so you can switch him out. But you need a guy that can get to a shot and everything and can create a shot and shoot at it. Lonnie, I feel like, would be a lot better. He was playing in a college system. You know, NBA is a lot more spacing and all that. He'll be playing with better guards and all that. So I feel like he can definitely help space the floor. He knows how to shoot and all that. Right now, between the shooting guards, it'd be between him and DiVincenzo. But yes, I like DiVincenzo if I'm, a lot. If I'm Milwaukee, I'm just going with – I didn't think Walker would slip all the way down here to me, but since he is – I'm taking Walker over DiVincenzo. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't argue with that pick. Um, I also would like Zaire Smith there. 
Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, either one of those guys, I think, are, are you know a surefire bet. Um, and since you didn't take Zaire Smith, I am going to take Zaire Smith for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, I mean, I feel like with San Antonio, there's a lot of positions that you need. Obviously, you don't know what's going to happen with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Danny Green can opt out um, and, and become a free agent. Um, <clears throat> but I think Zaire Smith would pair really well with DeJounte Murray. Um, both of those guys are, are six five versatile guards. Um, I think the fact that Zaire Smith has so much potential and the Spurs are so great at unlocking potential, if Zaire Smith falls to 18, um, I think it's a lock that San Antonio will take him. Not to mention he's a Texas Tech guy. So, you know, going from Lubbock to San Antonio is not very far at all, um, both West Texas. Uh, so he kind of gets to stay um, you know, in the area, you know, that he's, that he's lived in recently. Um, so yeah, I, I like Zaire Smith a lot. I, I would definitely, uh, take him, but, um, we got to kind of speed up. We got about 35 minutes and we still got, I think, uh, 11 picks to go. Um, so, uh, quickly your thoughts on Zaire Smith and then, uh, go ahead and jump over to the Hawks in 19. No, yeah, but, if I was a Spurs, I like him. I also like international players, so I also like Musa right there. And I'm going to go with Atlanta Hawks. I'm going to actually go with Dezana Musa. Um, hey, you know, I'm still on that where if he needs to keep on playing over in Europe and developing. But, hey, what if he does come over later on when we're ready and he's just scoring just for us? I mean, there's other people yeah. like Jerome Robinson that could be a shooting guard. Like I said, DiVincenzo could be – another shooting guard at that position, but Dazan Musa, where I'm at as the Hawks, I could definitely let him mature one more year in Europe. I feel like he has the best shot out of all the European players. He definitely knows how to shoot the ball right now. He can play both small guard and, I mean, shooting guard and small forward. So if, I, if yeah. I'm the Hawks, I'm, 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 I'm one of those teams where I can take a guy. Cause what if I do take in a terrible contract and all that? So I can allow him to, stay overseas, or if he wants to come play for us right now, you know, come on over, but right now, so I'm, I'm going to take Musa with the Hawks. And that was your yeah, team right there. I've done back-to-back with him. Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, especially like if Lonnie Walker and Zaire Smith are off the board, um, Like I feel like we, we definitely need a shooting guard, um, you know, and, and the fact that I, I probably would, would take uh, Dante DiVincenzo, um, I been really impressive in in you know the the combine. Um, his his um his his ups are are very impressive. Um, but uh, I you know I I could you know I'd be fine with taking Zon and Musa there. I mean you know it's it's one thing to take a guy who you know projects as like a Mario Hazonia. Um, like at fourteen, it's another thing to take him at nineteen once there's other proven, you know, um, I guess more proven guards that are off off the board um, that, that have that kind of potential. So, yeah, I, I'm totally fine with that. Uh, all right, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota needs a lot. They definitely need uh, a wing. I probably would have gone Musa for them because um, they kind of need somebody who can fit that three or two, three mold. Obviously, Jamal Crawford um, has elected to opt out and, you know, to move on. So, uh, but yeah, I definitely think, you know, they want, they want that kind of, uh, that kind of player. Uh, I'm going to go with somebody who's 
pretty experienced uh, four-year player at Boise State and Chandler Hutchison. Uh, he is very versatile. He can play the two. He can play the three. He's got a lot of experience. Um, just a well-rounded player. I think you plug him in, he can play immediately, um, you know, regardless of what you do with Wiggins. Uh, I think he, he just fits. He can play. Uh, he, he can give you solid minutes backing up both Butler and Wiggins. Uh, or, you know, if you move Wiggins, he can give you solid minutes, uh, potentially even as a starter, maybe. Uh, but definitely as a backup uh, and and essentially back up both the two and three positions, which is what you really, really need if you're Minnesota. Um, so, I'm, yeah, I'm going Hutchison. No, I like it right there. Uh, another person I thought you were going to say possibly is Kyrie Thomas. Um, yeah, he was, another good He's player. definitely a shooting guard, and he, he can definitely Six play the three, defenses. Though. But, yeah, well, he he's more can't, of a two in my mind. Can't really mind. play the three. No, yeah, that's all I'm saying. He's just more of a two. But I, I but, like it. I mean, I, I think the if Hutchinson, you're kind of surprised that you got drafted this high. Like you got a promise later on. But hey, I'm 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 happy if I'm going to Minnesota. Well, yeah, I can definitely. I would I would also say with Kyrie Thomas, like because Butler and Wiggins can both play the three, you would just rotate it so that he always played the two, and one of those guys was playing the three. Um, it would maybe be a little trickier for rotations, which would scare me because Pumped's just not great with that stuff. Um, and it doesn't look like at this point, um, you know, anything's happening uh, as far as Minnesota uh, moving on from him, as we have suggested uh, three or four times on this show. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, that could work out as well. I just think Hutchison would be easier to, to work into the system, but yeah, I, I could, I could, be down with with Thomas as well. I, I like his game a lot. Uh, but all right, moving on. Uh, the Utah Jazz are selecting at number twenty one. Who you got? Um, from Utah, there's no really wing player right now that I'm really excited. So I'm not looking. So right now, point guard was the only position of need that I thought they need. And it, I, I know, came down a, between. I got what's his name? I mean, Ricky. I mean, Ricky Rubio. Rubio but he he hasn't shown his longevity to stay on the court. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not. You're not getting a starting point guard, but you want to get a a solid backup for Rubio. I gotcha. feel like, yeah. If you're gotcha. the Jazz, and Aaron Holiday is not a. It it, it can be a safe backup. I mean, he yeah. might not be the best point guard right now left on the board, but I feel like he is. Uh, he's very serviceable if you need to. Come off the bench. I feel like you could run a second unit and all that. Just Jazz definitely right now more in the maybe power forward and point guard or small forward power forward. But Aaron Holiday would be very adjustable for them being a solid backup for Rubio. And like I said, you don't know. Rubio is almost like uh, just always gets injured right when you don't need him to be getting injured. Like That's true. Game the Chris playoffs. Paul-esque. I mean, come on. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to say Chris Paul because I, just, <laughs> I feel bad. I, that's why I stopped. If you heard me, I stopped myself because I just feel so bad for Chris Paul, and I have so much respect, and I don't want to put Chris Paul and Ricky Rubio in the same sentence. But they do get injured at the the wrong time for the team. So, yeah, uh, Jazz going for a point guard right now, and and the Holiday brother, and see. I mean, he's got two other brothers that are pros, so he definitely knows what it's like to be to have professionals and know the whole, you got to take your game to another level once you get to the league. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, I no, I I can totally get down with that that pick. I mean, I think Donovan Mitchell does a good job of of playing point guard when when Rubio. Um, so even sometimes when Rubio is on the floor, they they do a great job of sharing the ball. Um, and and each you know possessing the ball and everything, um, but uh, you know as far as as far as obtaining a three, they have Joe Ingles, uh, Jay Crowder can play the three, um, and and I think that they still have Cephalosha signed on to another year. He got hurt obviously um, this past season, but I think he's got one more year on his on his contract. Um, so I mean they're they're I mean they're pretty much set there. I mean. Uh, at least for next season. So I really think the Jazz are kind of in the luxurious position of just take whoever's the best player available. I probably uh, – I don't know. I can't argue that. Like, but just because, like I said, there's there's no real positional need for the Jazz. Um, and I don't think you re-sign um, uh, Exum. Uh, there's just he's he's always hurt. There's just a lot of question marks there. Um, maybe if the price is right, uh, but I mean I I would probably rather just draft somebody else and move on and not have to pay however x amount of dollars that you know I would have to pay. Um, so yeah, I, I mean I'm, I'm ultimately I'm cool with that. Um, all right, Bulls, because you had the Bulls taking uh, a big. I'm gonna obviously you know to try to take a wing player. Um, so for me, it pretty much comes down to either Jacob Evans or Keita Bates-Diop. Uh, I'm going to go with Keita Bates-Diop. Um, I feel like either player is, is it's hard for me to say like who I think is going to be better. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. I, I just like Diop a little bit more. Um, you know, I think he's obviously a, a little bigger. He's a little taller. Um, he's more of a true three, whereas Evans is more of that combo two, three. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he's obviously got, you know, a fair amount of experience, which I think Evans does too. I think both of them are three-year players. Um, in fact, Evans might even be a four-year player. I can't remember. Um, but I think both of those guys are really good. Um, would be a solid pickup uh, for, for the Bulls at 22, um, I, I don't think you can really go wrong either way, but I'm, you know, for the sake of, of picking one or the other, I'm going to go with Diop. No, I like the pick here completely. Um, Diop is just, I mean, he's Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, he really knows how to play defense, so that's really yeah. good. He knows he could score just like Jacob Evans. So, and I feel like uh, based Diop, he can play the power forward. Yeah, he's a little bit small, but he's just. Mm-hmm. He knows how to play defense where he can switch between that three and four position for you. Right. So I think he brings just a little bit more to the tables where Evans, like you said, he can play the two, the three, and he's he's a really good shooter. Uh, but I don't think he's as good as a defender as Bates Diop. I mean, he's just, just a very smart basketball player, well-rounded for I mean, you definitely need a wing if you went big earlier. So you're getting a guy that can play the three and the four for you. So, I like I like the pick yeah. here for Chicago. Yeah, and you know what else? Um, there are uh, – I'm just going to bring this up real quick um, before we move on to the next pick. Um, I, looking back on it, I kind of like the pick of Wendell Carter because Wendell Carter is like the last really solid big that's available in this draft. Um, you could – you 
Mitchell Robinson is out there, but there are so many question marks around Mitchell Robinson. Um, so many question marks. Um, you just don't know what you're going to get with him. Uh, and you know, obviously, I you know I'm not as high on Robert Williams, uh, who won't be available at at 22 regardless. Um, there's a lot of good wings in this draft. So if you take Wendell Carter early, you get a wing like Diop at 22 or even a Jacob Evans, um, you know, or maybe a Chandler Hutchison. One of those guys is going to be available at 22. Um, and, you know, for the sake of our draft, uh, now your, your, your team is, is essentially looking like Chris Dunn, um, Zach Levine, Keita Bates-Diop, um, Laurie Markkinen and Wendell Carter Jr. Like that's a that's a team for Bulls fans to be excited about. Good young team. Like everybody's young. Everybody's like pretty talented in their own respects. Uh, everybody's got a lot of potential. That's a team you can you can be excited about. And and you know, essentially, like I think you know, I, I wouldn't expect the Bulls to make a, a you know a playoff appearance next year or anything. Um, but I think that that is a team that, you know, down the road can make, you know, some some noise as far as the playoffs, um, you know, and, you know, the, I think they would be, you know, one, maybe two players away from really competing depending on, you know, how all of those players pan out. But, I mean, I really was – Laurie Markkinen really impressed me um, this season. I did not – I was not high on him – at, um, going into last year's draft, I think I had him ranked. I want to say like eighth, seventh, or eighth, which is he ended up going seventh. Um, but a lot of people had him like three or four, um, and you know, with, ended up being more correct than not. I mean, he's probably the third or fourth best person drafted. I mean, Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum obviously being the two best, but it, it's hard to pick. A, you know, a third guy over Laurie Markkinen in last year's draft um, as far as just efficiency and, and, and you know, what they were able to achieve on the court. So, um, so I mean, I think you you got a star in the making in Markkinen. If Carter can become a star, you got a lockdown defender on the wing. And I think Levine's got that potential, man. I think um, if he can stay healthy and, um, you know, he, he can obviously score the rock. So, uh, and you got the versatility with Chris Dunn also being a great defender and having the size to make up for Levine's lack of it. Uh, that's a good team. I like that team. I, I would be excited if I was a Bulls fan about that team. Uh, but anyway, Indiana Pacers, 23, who you got? Uh, with, the, with the Pacers right now, they're, they could draft the wing, but I don't think there's any really good wing right now left for them. So. I mean, yeah, Evans, but uh, I just like you said, he plays more of the two-three, and right. I have Oladipo yep. as my two, so that's why I'm, he's just not a true three in my mind. So I'm going and with another got, positional. And you still got Lance Stevenson who plays the two-three, you know. So yeah, so you have that. So I'm going to go with someone that kind of fell off because he got suspended with the NCAA. Uh, sanctions on him this year, but Anthony Mountain from U, uh, USC, point guard, shooting guard, uh, really helped out his draft uh, at the combine. Showed he had a little better of a shot. You just don't know what Darren Collison just is like of the future. So you could right. Collison still there and playing no. behind Collison. He's like so. 30, 31 years old or something, which was yeah, really so, surprising when also, I saw that. And also to help out their team, he's really good in his pressure. 
defense. I mean, so that's helping out the defense, which, I mean, they don't need that because Oladipo's a – but just, you know, bring something to the table so he can play the point guard slash shooting guard position. So if just because there's not one true solid three right now, I would go for my other positional need, which is the point guard. And I think D'Anthony Melton just – a lot of people just forgot who he is just because of what everything that happened with this year and the, and the FBI pro and him getting suspended with it. Yeah, no, I like the pick. I think I think pairing him up with Victor Oladipo would be awesome. Um, I think Melton is another guy who's like six six, um, you know, a, a bigger point guard, uh, and, and obviously like a combo guard. And, and honestly, like Victor Oladipo is kind of that as well. You know, he handles the ball a lot. So you know, if you're gonna have one combo guard, it makes sense to have another. Um, you know, so they can share and they can. Um, you know, we've seen how well it can work with, you know, CP3 and James Harden. Um, you know, Victor Oladipo has become a superstar uh, this past season. Um, and, and getting a guy like Melton, um, you know, who can develop for a season behind Collison. Uh, obviously, Corey Joseph has a $7.3 million, I believe, um, uh, uh, player option. Uh I think you'll probably opt into that uh, just because there's not a lot of cap space to go around this season. Uh, but there's a chance that he could opt out. And regardless, I don't think you're looking at either one of those guys long-term. Um, you know, obviously Collison's a little bit older. And, and Corey Joseph, you know, I mean, he's he's another one of those Ish Smith um, types, just, just a really, really good backup point guard. Um, you know, but not – I, I wouldn't want him necessarily as my as my starting point guard. Um, so yeah, I mean, take a flyer on a guy like like Melton if you if you don't like any of the threes that are available. Um, and really, there's only two: um, Evans or maybe Melvin Frazier uh, out of Tulane. Um, so you know, yeah, no, nah, I, I I like it. I I think that could be um, you know a really good pick for them, and he could. He could actually end up playing really, really well with with Victor Oladipo. Um, all right, moving on, the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, the Blazers are so fucking weird because who knows? I mean, obviously, Dame Lillard is is going to meet with upper management again to you know try to figure shit out. Um, there's trade rumors all the time, especially after they got swept. Um, but if I'm picking, just you know, for the sake of, of picking. Uh, you know, for this team. I don't feel like you need a center, regardless of whether you resign Nurkic. I think Zach Collins is going to be a really good player. He he started to come on at the end of the season, and I think a seven-foot, you know, guy who can split, spread the floor, I think you want a bruiser of a power forward next to him. Um, uh, and, you know, that, you know, they'll they'll figure that out at some point in time. Um, but I, I definitely think that, uh, as far as they're concerned, you probably just go with whoever's the best player available. Um, and honestly, for me, um, I, I really like Mitchell Robinson, but I, again, I don't really want a center. Uh, Anthony Simons is another guy who's got a lot of potential, but he's got a lot of question marks too. Um, so I'm just going to kind of keep it simple. I'm taking, I'm just going to take Kyrie Thomas. Um, I think Kyrie Thomas would be really good backing up both of those guys. He could learn a lot from those guys. 
Um, if they keep both of them, if they don't keep both of them, he can slide right in and replace them. Um, and, uh, you know, essentially they are losing – those are the only two guards, uh, Lillard and McCollum, that they have on their roster moving forward other than Evan Turner, um, who kind of plays the two and the three. Um, and I think they would love to get him off their books. Um, I don't know how they would go about doing it, but I think they would love to do it. Um, so, but, you know, I I don't want to pay um, Shabazz Napier or Pat Connaughton to come back when I'm already flirting with the luxury tax and, and had to, like, pull a last-ditch effort of trading, you know, Noah Vonley to, to get, um, essentially get out of the luxury tax. Um so, you know, I, I think drafting a guy like Kyrie Thomas, especially when, you know, you have Harkless, you have Aminu, um, you just drafted Zach Collins, and you just drafted uh, Caleb Swanigan. Um, so, again, it's a, you don't really need anything in your starting lineup. Um, or put it this way, there's not anything that's readily available that you need in your starting lineup. Uh, and I think Kyrie Thomas is just, like, He's your best player available, so that's that's where I'm going with there. No, I think it makes sense. I mean, like you said, Portland has no one really to back up either the guard position outside of Damian and CJ, so you need to get someone that can. He can play both the point guard and shooting guard position. He's really good defensively, can kind of shoot. He has kind of a weird shot, but like you said, one thing you can definitely figure out once you commit your time and effort to your game, you can definitely fix your shot and all that. So I, I like the I like the pick right there for Portland. You need to get some sort of depth in that guard position to help take a lot of the time and everything off of Lillard and McCollum because they're just giving everything the whole game and it just it doesn't work for them obviously because they got swept. Yeah, and like I said, you don't know if you're going to keep both of them. So at least if you take one of them, um, you know, I mean, even last draft, I was saying uh, instead of taking Collins, because I wasn't really sold on Collins, so he does look like he's going to project to be a a, a pretty good uh, big, actually. Um, He was slow to start, but he he finished out the season pretty well. But I was even saying then, I was like, take Malik Monk. Like, he can back up both of those guys. Like, take him. Like, why are you not going to take him? And I should have been saying take Donovan Mitchell. Um, but, I, I, like everybody else, I had Malik Monk ranked just above Donovan Mitchell um, in, in, my, uh, in my big board last season. I think I literally had uh, – I had one at 10 and one at 11. So, uh, But, uh, regardless, um, the Los Angeles Lakers are next. Who you got? All right, um, I kind of heard there might have been rumors about this, too, and he got a promise, so I might go with it. But I also think positional need, it would be a smart one, and I'm going to go with the flyer and Mitchell Robinson if I'm the Lakers. I need a center position. Really coming out of the draft, he was a really good shot-blocking defensive center, so, I mean, he's going to help me out that way with my team. I'm very young right now. If, he, if we re-sign Lopez, he can come off the bench. But he also can help play defensively when we need him out there. So I, there was rumors that he might have got the promise from LA, but there's just so much that they don't know. Everyone doesn't know about him. But coming out of this 
if, out of high school and everything, he was up there with all these top centers, Mamba and all of them, like ranked one, two, and three with Aiton. I mean, looked at different people. So he definitely has the potential. It's just him missing that whole year. I think going to Western Kentucky because his, his uncle went there that played in the league and then all that. I just think it was a bad decision and all that. And then he was, no matter what, going to have to sit out a year if he went to college, if he went transferred to Kansas like he wanted to. So made the right choice. He's been trying to improve his game this whole year. No one really knows, so he's kind of like that dark horse candidate that you don't really know. But I'm Lakers. I need a center really to build around my young guys. And, I mean, a high flyer, lobber. I mean, look at DeAndre Jordan on the Clippers. I mean, not saying that he's DeAndre Jordan, but he definitely has that potential of just being a lob, defensive rebounding, blocking machine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, I another reason I would take him is – um, of course, if you do sign, um, uh, you know, LeBron James and or just two max max players, so we'll just leave it at that, um, you're not going to be able to re-sign Julius Randle. So you're going to need a center. Um, there was a time when I thought Avicius Zubat could be your starting center. I don't think that anymore. Um, Thomas Bryant has gotten almost no playing time. Um, and as far as Brooke Lopez, I don't – I don't see Brooke Lopez signing a vet minimum deal. Maybe the room level exception, which would be two years, $9 million. Um, I, I could see him maybe signing that. Uh, but I mean, even that, I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I do like the move, even though it's going to take him time to develop. Uh, I think you could ship him too. Like I could totally see them like saying, all right, we'll give like, hitting up a team like, say, Chicago and saying, look, we'll give you uh, Mitchell Robinson and, uh, you know, another, another like, prospect, um, maybe a future draft pick or, you know, a Josh Hart. I'm not giving you, like, Brandon Ingram or Kyle Kuzma, but, like, a Josh Hart. Maybe Josh Hart, Mitchell Robinson, and a future draft pick if you take Luol Deng and give us Robin Lopez. Um, like so, you know, something like that. Uh, I think LA could finagle, um, and and taking a guy like Mitchell Robinson, who just has a lot of potential, um, you know, might make a little bit of sense, uh, you know, for for them, especially if they were going going to be trading for a center. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but no, I I I uh, I think the pick uh, does make a lot of sense. Uh, all right, Seventy Sixers. Um, I am going to take, shit, let's see, uh, let's go with Shake Milton. Um, versatile, can play, uh, both the one and the two, uh, since we already got Miles Bridges, who can play the three and the four, um, you know, that kind of makes sense to me. Um, I do want to back up center, um, but I, again, I feel like after Mitchell Robinson, there's such a drop off between anybody else who's going to be uh, viable at 26. So I'm just going to go with Shake Milton. No, yeah, I mean Sixers need someone to help take the ball out of Simmons' hands right. and all that. Middleton makes sense. I mean, he definitely can come out there guard position. I mean, you already took your wing positional need and all that, so you don't really need the wings wing right now. So you do need someone that can help alleviate time uh, with the ball. So Middleton makes sense for the Sixers, just getting any guard that is 
just can help take time. I mean, yes, Markel Fultz is still there, but you just don't know. You need another person that can also take the ball and, and manage a game. So I think it makes sense. Definitely. All right, speed round. We got eight minutes left uh, and four picks. Boston Celtics, number 27. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo. I mean, if yeah. Mitchell Robinson <laughs> was there, you would have you would have me picking between if Mitchell Robinson still there and I'm taking for the, the Lakers. I like either one of them just because we do need a center and Robinson just has so much upside and all that. But Dante DiVincenzo, I've read multiple links that we like them. We love our guard position. There's just a lot that we don't know what's happening with Mark Smart. Or what are we going to do with Rozier, Brown? So I could see if we if we traded one of them, DiVincenzo can come in. He's a very solid, like you said, he can jump like no other. He's, he's been riding this wave of NCAA uh, uh, player of, like, the championship. Just definitely really high. Danny kind of a guy. I like him every – Every asset about his game, just a big Dante DiVincenzo fan. So, if I'm Boston Celtics, I mean, I'm a huge Celtics fan. I love this pick. So, I like it. Yeah, we are way too many guard positions. But, hey, you know, it's a guard-driven league, and this guy can play both three and four for us. So, I'm I'm running up there. If I'm the Celtics, I'll make the pick for them. I'd be so mad. <laughs> if Mark my words right now. If Dante DiVincenzo is still there and Mitchell Robinson is not, and we're not picking Mitchell Robinson over him, and we pick over DiVincenzo, might be a little disappointed. Maybe Grayson Allen, because I do think Grayson Allen has the maturity to be on the Celtics and help out, and he's a Duke guy, and we have a couple of Dukies that have just played. So maybe Grayson Allen, but those three are the what if what I think where uh, people will land. That's what would be really good with the Celtics now and be able to help us play right now and be good in our future. Yeah, no, I, I pretty much agree with you. I think uh, it, it, I, I was kind of pondering whether I should go with Shake Milton or Dante DiVincenzo for the Sixers. I think, I mean, either one I think is, is going to be a good pick. Um, I, I, you know, I think it's almost a coin flip. Uh, funny that you mentioned Grayson Allen because I got the Golden State Warriors taking Grayson Allen. Uh, it only makes sense. They're the dirtiest team in the league. They got Draymond Green. They got uh, Zaza Pachipshot, as Skip Bayless likes to call him. That is the only time I will ever give Skip Bayless any credit uh, for coming up with something clever and not just being a fucking asshole. Um, and uh, uh, why not add Grayson Allen to that mix? Makes perfect sense. Um, and uh, he's, you know, he's got the three ball. Um, you know, essentially you can let Nick Young walk and use your, your luxury tax exception on, you know, a different sort of need. Uh, he's got the experience, um, can play both the one and the two. Um, he's, you know, kind of that team player. He was, I mean, Duke's obviously that kind of team. Uh, I hate them, but they are. Uh, and, you know, um, I, I don't know. I think he would make a lot of sense for the Golden State Warriors for a lot of reasons. No, yeah, um, I like it a lot. I mean, it's either him or Jalen Brunson. And like you said in my mind, like, they're just two mature players that can play with this Golden State team. You, so I like Grayson Allen, just like you said. I mean, he knows how he gets shot. Duke is definitely the system. Dirty player, yeah, I guess. It, it does. I mean, you know me and Draymond, we're not really – I don't see eye to eye with him so much. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to put Draymond – well, I guess they, they do a lot of the same, some of the things, but – I think Grayson Allen's good here. Like I said, he's another serviceable vet to come onto a team that is competing right now. 
and not just in these lateral drafts where you have the two next teams that are bad teams that can just take high risks, maybe high rewards. You kind of want, if you're the Celtics Golden State, some person that can come to your team right now and kind of help from day one and be serviceable. So I like it for them. Exactly. All right. 29, Brooklyn Nets. All right, so Brooklyn, you're going to be you're going to never see this one coming. I would have done with Atlanta if I have a 30th pick, but I'm going to go with just the highest swing probably ever. No one's, no one's going to see this coming, but if I'm Brooklyn, what do I have to lose? I mean, you just don't want to be those other teams that skipped up on his brother. And I'm going to go with Kostov Antetokounmpo because you do not want <laughs> to pass Antetokounmpo. up on Antetokounmpo, <laughs> but you don't want to pass up on another Antetokounmpo. Because they, you just don't want to be that team. And if I'm Brooklyn, what do I have to lose? Like, honestly, like, what do I have to lose if I'm Brooklyn? There's no, like, really high name that I'm getting right here. Yeah, I could get a Jacob Evans, and I could get this. But really, I kind of want to go with the high risk, high reward. Yeah, I have a lateral pick in second. But, you know, there's a lot of teams that might take him, just like I'm saying. Like, you just don't want to be another team that passes up on another Antetokounmpo. And... Just he has a lot of tangibles like his brother. Now he's nowhere near what his brother is. But then again, his brother came into the league very mystery. No one really knew. He's very grown and very raw. Things, so. yep. Very raw. So Kostas is very raw still. And I just think if I'm Brooklyn Nets, I I might just take a swing and just go for that. Yeah. No. I mean, I he's ranked very, very, very low on my top. 125. I, I want to say he's somewhere in the 70s or 80s. Um, but, you know, fuck it. But yeah, if you're Brooklyn, why not? <laughs> I don't think Sean Marks is in the business of fuck it. I think he's in the business of very calculated decisions, and I think he will make a very calculated decision. But uh, but all that being said, I, I still don't hate it. I, I still think it's a, a, you know, a worthwhile uh, thing. Um, uh, number 30 for the Hawks. You know what? Like, I'm going to say fuck it here. I'm going to go with Anthony Simons. Um, if he falls that low, um, the kid's got a lot of potential. Um, combo guard straight out of high school, like an academy. Um, you know, I mean, same thing with Mitchell Robinson. If he falls to, you know, the low twenties, um, uh, you know, or the mid twenties rather, like it, it only makes sense to take him. I think Simons is kind of the same thing. Um, you know, essentially what you're doing for the Hawks is you're taking your big and then you're, you're taking flyers on, on two kind of, uh, shooting guard prospects, if you will. Um, uh, one overseas and one high school player, um, hoping that one will pan out. Um, so yeah, so that's it. Uh, Always a fucking pleasure, man. I love doing these mock drafts with you. Uh, I think next time I want to do two more before the actual draft. I want to do one uh, where you just go through and do yours, and I'll just add, you know, add my commentary, and then one where I go through and do mine and uh, add commentary. And we, we implement trades into them. I know you said you'd like to do one where we could do three trades. Um, so I, I think that'll be fun. Uh, so, viewers, uh, that should be coming down the pipe uh, very soon. Uh, but, hey, Luke, thanks for joining me, man. Fucking fun as always, brother. Peace out, man. All right, brother. Take it easy. Uh, be sure to join us tomorrow. We'll be breaking down all of the latest news, including LeBron uh, getting swept in the finals, him fucking up his hands, uh, all of the off-season stuff, and 
all of the latest stories. Uh, that'll be tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Until then, peace.